Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 370, The Story of a Tricky Old Gobbler. And I am your co-host and the guy who is getting ready. He's all packed up, except he's trying to find a shotgun that shoots three-inch shells. And I'm your co-host and the guy who made a fabulous thanksgiving turkey all right so everyone enjoyed the old fall gobbler i did it this year man i did it did it right he was fantastic and i i'm i'm probably my biggest skeptic you know when you cook something usually doesn't taste as good to you as it does to others but this one was good i nailed it very moist which is the key the flavor has always been good for me when i cook them whole it's just it's hard to keep them from drying out you know so this time i nailed it Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Is Black Death missing in action? What's going on here? Well, Black Death is in the gun safe and ready to roar. The problem is... Specific? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got rifle sights on Black uh-huh. Death. So yep. I'm not going to de-sight a cold-blooded no. turkey killer. No. And all of my other shotguns are two and three quarter inch shell shooters. Mm. Well, I take that back. My 20 gauge, my little 20 something, she will shoot a three inch shell, but I'm not shooting 20 gauge shells at ducks and pheasant, geese, and all that fun stuff. So I am tracking down. I have tracked one down, as a matter of fact. And I even went out and looked at guns today. Nice. Gun shopping is a fun activity. It is. I found a Belgian Browning, by the way. No way. A5? Yes, sir. Nice. My dad just bought one, actually, off a guy in Kansas. Old guy traded him straight up his Beretta for a old Browning A5 20 gauge, and dad was fired up. Man, sounds like a pretty good trade. Yeah. Dad thought he got the... Dad's not going to make a trade he doesn't think he's getting the better end of. So. Yeah. <laughs> he was proud of it. But that, yeah. Did you buy that Browning? I did not. So they had a price tag of 900 American dollars on it. And it's in good shape. That's not too bad. Yeah, a little bit of rust on the outside of the barrel. Mm. The bolt was not working and it it needed some TLC. And when I first picked it up, I thought that the price tag said $400. And I put it back down and I walked out of the store and I was like, what am I doing? $400, if the thing doesn't work, I can I can make it work. I, I wouldn't get rid of it. You know, it's not like I'd turn around and just resell it for 800 or try to anyway. Yeah, no, that's that, that'll be good. I'm, I'm excited to hear how you do shooting, you know, as many turkeys as you shoot on the run. You ought to be ready to go with ducks and quail and pheasants. Uh, I mean, that's child's play. <laughs> that's child's play. But, oh, yeah, so the the Belgian, you know, I, I just, when I went back in the store and picked the gun up again, I saw the price tag was 900 not 400 and I said, uh, it's still probably worth double that, but what am I going to have to put into it? And it was an old one. I mean, it was an old one. So, you know, a little concern there with finding the right parts, you know, being a 16-gauge, I don't know, I just... I opted out. And then, you know, the rust on the outside of the barrel, I didn't even bother to put a a light down the bore to see what kind of condition the bore was in. So anyway, I'll I'll buy one eventually because I just want one. 
happy, but I just didn't feel like that was the. Yeah, that's what my dad has a 12 gauge A5. He has one of the later model ones, you know, maybe the late 1900s model, and then he's got the re- he's got a really old Belgian one like that, and it's it's pretty sweet gun. It, it's yeah, he's had it forever, so it, it's awesome. And I agree with you on the turkey gun thing. My I just bought a new shotgun for duck hunting and and shooting flying critters because I needed one. And my brother was like, man, you ought to, you know, use that new Maxis because I got the Browning Maxis 2, which it's a sweet shooting gun. I had to drop a pretty penny to get it. But yeah, when I buy a gun, I usually buy them for, you know, the long haul. So I plan to spend many, many a time with this gun. But he was like, man, yeah, you can use that gun for turkeys now. And I was like, eh. So what? I mean, it's lighter, shoots the same shells, like, why would it doesn't kick it nearly as bad as your old 870? Why would you not use that for turkeys? And I was like, I'm not changing a thing, man. I didn't exactly. miss last year. Yeah. <laughs> that that turkey gun's traveled too many miles with me to just get put in the in the gun case. Totally understand. It's a killer. Got to yeah. have it. Yeah. Well, you know, I was never in the military, but I can imagine that's what you feel like with whoever it is that you're going into battle with. Mm-hmm. You brothers, you would do anything for them. And for me to put Black Death out to pasture, I just, you know, that just ain't happening ever. Didn't do it. Well, that's, that's awesome. I hope you have some fun. I hope it, you know, just gives you a little taste of that action and adrenaline. It'll be a mild case. You know, there are no turkeys, but you'll get a mild case to carry you over for the next 121 days, 12 hours, and 25 minutes if you were living where I am, but I think you'll be cranking up even earlier. Yeah, you know, I had to double check this. That's 113 days, 12 hours, 34 minutes, and 14 seconds. I mean... Two weeks from now, you're going to be in double digits. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. So we're... It's really getting real. This this year's going by pretty fast, which, you know, I don't mind time going by quickly when it's not turkeys. Right. (laughs) And I got to tell you, having a newborn is unbelievably good training for for being ready to function on low sleep in turkeys <laughs> i mean i i am going to be so ready it's going to be on so that that's the way to look at it positively at midnight when she's screaming i just think hey this is training me for low amounts of sleep in turkeys that's right there's a reason why young people have babies and old people like me don't I, it's something else Oh, well, you know, here, here's my trick for the day for, for anybody out there with a newborn. Those, you know, earplugs, like the, the normal earplugs that are plush kind of, you put those in, and then you put noise-canceling Bose headphones on over those, and then you turn those noise-canceling headphones on and then crank your phone, the white noise of rain and thunder, up to, like, the max. You can't hear her screaming at that point. That's... That's how I fell asleep finally two nights ago. <laughs> That's pretty rough. But last night was excellent. I think I'm on to something with the sleep schedule. Audrey's been putting her down for a nap in the afternoons. And I said yesterday, I was like, keep her awake at all costs this afternoon. Like, she's not napping. She's sleeping at night, not during the day. Mm-hmm. See how that pays off for us. But I should be trained up and ready for turkey season. And today, we're going to recollect... One of the coolest hunts I had last year, they're all so unique, but this one, I got to watch an old public land gobbler pull his trick, you know, and that 
is pretty dead gum fun. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, unless you have anything else to say, I'm going to hop right into this story and start setting it up. Tell the story. I want to hear the story. All right. We got live audio too, so we'll bring that to you in a minute. But to kind of give you a background on things, I had scouted this place each of the past two years and had never found any turkey sign in it. But mm-hmm. it looks perfect. I mean, everything about it screams turkey. Two really nice creeks going through it, hardwood bottoms, ridges all over it, you know, pines on top. There's some private fields planted around there. I mean, it, everything about it's like, why have I never heard a gobble here? You know, at least one out on the private land should gobble, but never had any luck. I, I just kind of chalked it up to maybe it gets hunted really hard or something. And so this year during my scouting, I was in one spot and heard a turkey gobble. I knew I'd hear one there. I always hear a turkey gobble there. And so I heard him, marked it, said, all right, there he is. Unlike my old self, I don't sit there and listen to him gobble 50 times when I'm scouting. I heard him gobble. He gobbled at my owl. I did it one more time to get another gobble, marked him good, and then I literally ran back to the car because, all right, there's a turkey. Mission accomplished. I got to go find Yeah, mission accomplished. Turkey in there. I'll return here to hunt one day. I need to go find him. You know, so I wheeled out of there, went down to this place where I keep thinking I should hear a turkey, and got out, hoot out. Boom, one gobbled. And I thought, finally, all right, one is here. And so marked him, tried to fly to another place and get another one. No dice there, but very successful morning. Two different spots, two different turkeys. So I had hunted the original spot and killed a turkey there already, uh, the first place. And then I had traveled to another area of the country and killed turkeys. And so it was about the third week of season and I came back. And I had hunted a couple of days without any luck. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go try that, you know, place where I heard that turkey gobble. I've never killed one there, but there was one there. So it's worth a shot. So I went, walked in down the trail. It was starting to get a little bit light. Oh, he gobbled. And he's literally on the same ridge, might have been in the same tree as when I heard him a month earlier. And so that's crazy. All right, cool. On the issue, I hadn't, I'd heard a turkey gobble in there, but I had not really spent a ton of time looking at the ground and being all in there. I just kind of left it alone till season. So he was on one ridge and I moved in and set up on the next ridge over. And so I recorded audio of him, you know, with, with him on the roost and everything. So we'll go ahead and play some audio and it's pretty long hunt. It's, it's not terribly long, but I'll go ahead and play some audio of what's going on. And I'll kind of check in periodically and tell y'all what's happening from my vantage point. So let's let's hop in here and start this thing off off the Heck roost. Yeah. I'm probably 125 to 150 yards from him, and so I'm trying to coax him over at this point.
quick. As you can tell, I made a couple fly downs with the wing, uh, did some calling, you know, did my usual morning routine that I go through. And he was gobbling really good, but he flew down and went the other way immediately. So I knew, you know, if I'm facing him, if he's at 12 o'clock, he literally went towards 12 o'clock, you know, like he went straight away. And on the other side of him, I knew there was a field back on the opposite side of his ridge. And down at the bottom, there was a private field over there. And I thought, I bet that joker's headed to that field. So he gobbled a couple times. I knew he was he was gone. So in my mind, I thought, I'm going to move up to his roost. So I figure that can't be a bad idea. You know, like he's been right. there. And yep. surveying that area all morning. And I don't know if this ever happens, but I bet sometimes gobblers leave the roost and a hen shows up like, hey, where are you? I just got here, you know? <laughs> yep. And so I thought, I'm going to move up to his roost. He's comfortable there. And set up and see if I can call him back out of that field if he's truly down there. And so I slipped up there, crawled up on top, and moved down the ridge a little bit from where he roosted where I could actually see portions of the field, you know, through the trees and called and he gobbled. Yeah, he's in the field, you know. So I sit down and start my calling routine. But what I did, I'll try to paint the picture. If you think about a horseshoe, the, the horseshoe itself is a ridge that I'm sitting on. And I'm on the right side of the horseshoe, and the ridge runs around and then all the way around. And at the other point is where the field is. And between us is this big bottom. And then off the back side is a draw with a creek in it off to my right. And so the turkey's in my front left, and then there's a bottom. And then this horseshoe kind of runs behind me a little bit and then hooks all the way around back up into in front of me. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So in my mind, I thought I'm going to throw every sound I make to my right down into this draw. And I, I don't even particularly know why I thought of that at the moment. It just sounded like a great idea. You know, like when you're hunting and it's just like, I should probably do this at least to start things. And I've never had a issue with making it sound like I'm further away from the gobbler than I really am. It seems like that can help sometimes. Yeah. And so... I cut my hand around my mouth, and I'm just throwing everything I do down into this draw off the back side of the ridge. And he's just lighting it up, and he's gobbling and gobbling. I'm scratching in the leaves and doing everything. You know, you hear it all in here. And so we'll play some of that, and then I'm going to tell you kind of what I see from there. So let's jump in here. I'm set up, throwing everything off to my right.
right? So he starts moving left, which initially I think not good. You know, he's he's leaving or moving up the field. And then he comes into the woods and goes kind of at the base of the horseshoe on the other side of that ridge in the woods. I could see him and he gobbled right there. And I thought, huh, well, then he got quiet. He slicked down. He wasn't strutting anymore. And he just started slipping through the woods. And I could just, by looking at his demeanor, I was like, this turkey's like, he's gone stealth mode. You know, uh-huh. like he, he went from, he went from like, here I am, everybody. Like, I want everyone to know here I am and see me to like, he went covert, you know, like, I, I'm not going to call anymore. I'm not strutting. I'm just slipping through the woods, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, I bet he's coming up here. This Joker's, he's coming. And then I thought about it, and I was like, I don't think he can, I don't think he knows that I can see him. He thinks this calling is coming from down there where I'm throwing everything. And so I watched the whole way, and I'll cut back into the audio here, but I'm watching this turkey, not strutting, just walking around the base of the ridge on the opposite side from where I'm throwing my calls. So we'll pick up there, and this will be the conclusion of the hunt, and then I'll tell you what I saw after that. So here's the finishing audio for this hunt.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Beautiful bird. Oh, thank you, Lord. So I got him. I think you gathered that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty neat, you know, yeah. just to, to be able to witness that. And, you know, these, and don't get me wrong when I say it, because private land birds can do the same thing as well. But, you know, it's a public land trick. That that turkey was pulling a public land trick, and there's no telling how many people, how many hunters he pulled that trick on before. Yep. And it worked. Yeah, he, that's what... He just messed with the wrong hunter this time. Well, and it was... That isn't something I do every time I sit down. I, I don't think that way usually, but for some reason I was inspired on that hunt to do that. And I don't, you know, some people listening to this will probably be like, oh, that bird's got a pea-sized brain he can't reason that well you know but i saw it and you couldn't tell me a million times and i still won't believe you that that was all coincidence i think that was a calculated move by that turkey and i think i killed him because i made a good move and that's my story and i'm gonna stick to it you know (laughs) (laughs) so and hey i i like that kind of stuff when somebody tells me stories like that i really like them you know and so he i watched him he went He's at the base of the horseshoe. Imagine if if the horseshoe's sitting there, he's on the inside, and I had been calling on the outside of the horseshoe the whole time. And he comes around, and he's just, he's not in a hurry. He wasn't running. He was just walking at a normal, like, human pace walk through the trees. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd see glimpses of him at first, but as he got closer, I could keep tabs on him better. And here he comes, and he got around the bottom and started easing up the ridge, and I, I just, I can see it right now. If I had been sitting on the other side of that ridge, I can just see what he would have done. He would have raised that head using that long neck that was created for periscoping predators. He would have raised that head up till he could see with that eyeball over that ridge, looked, and if she wasn't down there, I bet his head would have gone right back down and he's out. Yeah. I have no way of proving it because I shot him because I was sitting on top and he didn't know it. <laughs> And so I shot the turkey at 25 yards or whatever. It, it was close. I, probably, I I usually, I could have let him keep coming. He would have been much closer. But my pattern at 25 to 30 is perfect. You know, I have a little wiggle room, but a ton of knockdown still. And, and I had been breathing pretty heavy already. So I was feeling good. Yeah. So he had, from where I originally was facing him, my gun, if that was 12 o'clock, I shot him at about 7 o'clock because he had come around that horseshoe. So I had spun and gotten around when he couldn't see me. And so he, he was right there. He's about three quarters of the way up the ridge, just walking. And I shot him and, uh, and that was it. And he's a beautiful bird had, you know, maybe inch and a quarter spurs, somewhere between an inch and inch and a quarter. I don't measure them, but that pretty sure that's where they were, you know? <laughs> yeah. And had a, you know, nice, nice full beard and, just beautiful turkey. He was a, he wasn't a super heavy bird. He he was probably 20 pounds, maybe 18 pounds, you know, about average weight, but just beautiful, you know, in the woods. And typically I haven't had much luck calling turkeys out of a private field back onto public land. Right. Uh, you know, usually unless you can get them before they get to that private land, it's pretty tough to coax them back over. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was, he was all alone. That always helps. And then what was even nicer about the hunt at the very end, I'm sitting there with him and 
I looked down in the field, and there's four Jakes walking through the field. And I thought, all right, there I'll be go. back next year. Next year's hunt. Yeah. It all, that's heartwarming right there. When you take one out of the population and you look down and see there's a future if everyone else doesn't kill them all. But yeah, they have a chance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They <laughs> but, have a chance. I'll be back. That's awesome, you know, to be able to just witness that. And, you know, you're right. I mean, we've all had it happen to us if we've hunted for more than two or three years. You know, a a turkey just poke his head up over the hill. Just, you know, he knows where that sound's coming from. Mm -hmm. And poke his head up over that hill. If he doesn't see anything, he's gone, you know. And maybe he circles around and comes around the, the other side and approaches from a different direction if he doesn't hear anything. Or see anything, he's gone, you know. Maybe he goes 75 yards away, 50, 75 yards away from the edge of the hill and sits there for six hours and does nothing but drum. Yeah, that, I think that is one thing they'll do for sure, is just, if he doesn't see her, he'll he'll stay within earshot. He might gobble or whatever, but if he doesn't see her, he's done, you know. <laughs> yeah. You can come to me. Yep. But it was, I mean, the, the bird is... Just look at one standing there. He's designed where that long neck is a huge asset for him. You know what I mean? He can look without exposing much of himself over rises or through tall grass, whatever it may be. And I think they know to use that to their advantage, especially pressured turkeys. Yes, indeed. That's cool. It was awesome. Really enjoyable hunt. I hope y'all enjoyed the audio. I know I enjoyed making it. (laughs) (laughs) And I... Hope to bring lots more to you over the years. <laughs> yes, indeed. I hope you do too. And I enjoyed yes. it. That was awesome. You, just Absolutely. Well, to hear some goblin this time of year is always a good thing. Oh man, I had a I had a buddy text me on Saturday and said that gobblers were hammering while he was deer hunting. I thought, hmm. man, you are one lucky son of a gun. I'd love to hear that right now. Yes, indeed. But anyway, hope everyone, if you're in the southeast had a good duck season opener and hope y'all got some ducks we did pretty decent opening day we had didn't see a whole ton of ducks we killed quite a few of the ones we saw and then sunday was horrible we did not see hardly any ducks so i think they got shot up pretty bad opening day and decided to head out but if your duck season opened i hope hope you had a good opener and good luck to you and your buddies out west hope y'all kill a bunch of feathered fowl well, thank you. I hope so too. I've got my jorts packed, my suntan oil and sunglasses and a hat, you know, to keep the sun off my bald head because it's going to be in the low to mid 70s about three of the days that we're going to be there. So ideal duck hunting weather. You got it. You got it. But we'll have a good time regardless. It, it'll be fun just getting together with Yankee John and Chip and getting to hang out with them, getting to meet uh, some new folks and, you know, walk around with a gun in your hand for a few days. Yeah. Can't be a bad time. Not at all. Not at all. Y'all have fun. And I'm going to let you wrap us up this week and get on the road, man. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.